Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson. And for you freak motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episodes, we are talking about that kinky shit. We're talking about kinks. And with me, I have Sharita. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, just um, to because I know we've uh, there's been like a break in the show and whatnot, and we might have some new listeners and whatnot. Do you mind letting everybody know who you are, what you do for a living, and just all about your greatness? Yeah. So um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I currently work with all different populations. Um, right now, I'm primarily my most of my clients are couples, but I work with children. I work with adults. Ch- worked in all different populations, rural, city, regardless. Uh, I am currently working towards becoming a sex therapist as well. Yes. So I'm um, almost done with that program. So that's a little bit about who I am and what I do. Yes. 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 Sex therapist goals. Yes. So. Um, since we will be talking about kinks today, what what do you think about kinks in general? I think kinks are wonderful. As long as you are, you know, you're communicating with your partner or whoever you are exploring those kinks with, you are aware of your own kind of hard and soft limits. I think that it's amazing. It's a way to, you know, explore vulnerabilities with your partner or the person that you're hooking up with. It's a way of getting closer. And I mean, it's just a way of learning about yourself. Yes. I think they're amazing. Yes, uh, I I do identify as a kinky whore. So I, I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, and I, I even know that, well... I know, like, even for my own personal experience, it's been awkward trying to bring up the kink conversation with some people, uh, because not everybody is either privy of the knowledge of kinks, or um, they might call themselves a freak, but when you ask them those questions about okay what makes you a freak or what what's freaky to you and it never goes into into the uh, realm of kinks and I'm just like oh okay that's cute that's cute okay but uh, 
let me tell you about what I find freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's like, oh, I I don't know if I've said too much and this person is now overwhelmed about what I said or is this is going to go uh, into some positive realm? I don't know. Uh, Is it tough for you to have those kink conversations with people? No. One thing that I realized that everyone has their own comfort level, right? Mm -hmm. And so kind of going back to what you're saying, so some people may, what I would consider kinky, someone may look at that and be like, that's really vanilla. Like that doesn't, I mean, you know, choking is not that big of a deal, but someone else may look at choking and be like, oh my gosh, I would never, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the whole part of just like meeting people where they're at, Right. So we both can explore our comfort levels differently. So when I have these conversations, I say, this is what I like. And then they will talk about kind of what they like. And then we're like, well, how can we both kind of meet somewhere in the middle while pushing our comfort level just a little bit, um, but not making you uncomfortable. Right. And it usually goes pretty well when you're able to kind of just talk about it kind of in that way. Yes. Yes. That sounds like playing in the yellow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things based off the scores and even with uh, within our conversations is about how you are a brat and a switch. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I took this, uh, took the test, the BDSM test prior to, and I wasn't as much of a switch before. So that is something new, but I've always kind of been a brat. Uh, And I think even prior, before even knowing what a brat was, I think that's just part of my personality. Mm. I'm like the baby of the family. I'm the only girl. I think that plays a lot into just being like spoiled and like talking back and like wanting to kind of play that role, Um, Mm. but still wanting someone to like dominate me. So it's just, I don't know. I just think that's always been a part of me. Um, But the change in the switch thing, I think as I've gotten more open about exploring my kinks, because it wasn't until I was a late bloomer, I didn't start even having sex until I was like in my early 20s. (laughs) Um, So I think as I've gotten older now, I'm in my 30s, well, about to be like 31. Later on, I actually started to explore more, met more people who were into like a kink lifestyle, who were like opening up about being doms and subs. And I'm like, wow, like I actually, I didn't even know much about this world and now I'm exploring it. And I'm like, you know what? I do like to be a little bit more domineering sometimes. And sometimes I also like to be like sub with the same person or um, maybe even depends on like the person I'm with as someone who's like pan, when I'm with a girl, sometimes I'm a little bit more dom. And then when I'm with like a guy, I'm a little bit more sub. So. Ooh, yes. I get that though. Cause um, <laughs> like I have a very dominant personality. So I, I like my old scores um, <laughs> when I started <laughs> taking the BDSM test, I had like, it would be either dom switch or switch dom so I'm just (laughs) like okay what are you trying to tell me like am I more of a switchy character or more of a dominant character like which one it is but uh I when I think about those uh like reflect on how those scores present themselves I get it a lot more because when it depends on like the switch side of me depends on the energy in the person I'm with um but at the end of the day I still have a dominant 
um, persona because I do like to dominate when it comes to sex. I do like to, um, even if I'm uh, within a submissive role, let's say, uh, I'm still more of a dominant figure within the sexual experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do like uh, the feeling of being dominated too, because I, I like to push that edge with people um, to the to the point where they want to be more dominant. It is kind of a, a <laughs> it's I want to say a fight, but essentially a fight between who's going to be more dominant. And I want a person to be um, dominant enough that they win, but I need to build you up to that point first. Like meet me where I'm at. And then I want to see if you can go higher than that. And that's when the uh, sub kind of kicks in and it makes it more enjoyable for me. I lo- it's, it's a game. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I like that too. I think when I'm, especially when I was like girls, especially like when you're with, um, so I consider myself a femme, but when I'm with like a stud and like being like more dominant towards that person, even though that's who they typically are, I think it's so fun. It's like this like cat and mouse game. <laughs> it's like who's gonna be on top <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so what is it because you did mention like being bratty is um kind of like stems from you being spoiled and whatnot um how how does that p- play out when it does come into like the sexual sphere yeah I think it plays a lot into like um I think it, it actually kind of I think it does play a lot into like being a switch too because like typically when I'm being like submissive, I'm still talking back. Like you can tie me up all whatever, but I'm gonna talk back regardless. Like I'm going, I'm gonna let you know, like you're not gonna like, you don't have full control here. Like you think you do. <laughs> so I think it just plays into that as well. Oh, that's interesting. So you, you are <laughs> verbal. Yeah, I'm very verbal. <laughs> I, I, I'm not much of a verbal person when it comes to um, having sex. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I might want a little bit of conversation, but it's not going to be me. Uh, now, if I am in a space where I'm going to be verbal, I'm going to say some nasty shit like, um choke the fuck out of me like what the fuck are you doing are you weak (laughs) 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 but not i don't know into like demasculation type of thing (laughs) i won't i won't say not necessarily because i don't go that extreme but sometimes in the back of my head i'm just like I might be okay with you punching me like in the shoulder in this moment, <laughs> but I don't know for sure <laughs> because like, I don't know if, if I get punched in the shoulder, if that might make me upset to the point where it's like, okay, we might end up fighting in this moment. Um, so let's not continue. I need to get back to where we were. We were having sex and not fighting. So <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's why it's important to learn like soft and hard limits because like you don't really know what your limit is until you try it. So right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now this boy girl that I see on your um on your uh test. So that that um uh, would are you into age play? So I don't know how I got that one. I, I didn't get that one last time. So I'm not exactly sure. Um, and I'm not even fully familiar with boy girl in that same capacity. Because I, I uh, usually it is related to age play, but I also kind of wonder if it's more so um, because you know how things range. But if it's like 
are you like a girly girl when it comes to like brat um brat play or if you like i i don't know are you a girly girl when it comes to brat play i think i am yeah i think i'm really girly oh so you go super film yeah Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a lot more girly definitely when i do rap play so what about the non-monogamous thing is that something that you feel as though is more so something that will be like long term in terms of like uh partnerships or is it more so because you're dating that it's um more high on your um when you take the test um no i think so I'm, I'm not currently dating anyone who's poly right now, mm-hmm. but I think it's just the way I think about things. It's like, yes, I think sex is important, but I don't feel like you own anyone when you're in a relationship, regardless if it's monogamous or poly. I can't stop you from cheating on me. Mm-hmm. I can't stop you from anything like that. And I think that you have the capacity to love multiple people. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss includes kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. From anything like that. And I think that you have the capacity to love multiple people. And with that being said, I think that it's okay as long as you there are parameters around whatever the relationship is and communication around it. If you want to be intimate with other people and you want to be like open about it, I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm. You know, I'm the same way. Because uh, <clears throat> I, um, at one point in my life, I knew for a fact that I can be committed to somebody while my partner, you know, uh, is non-monogamous. And, but as, you know, I've gotten older and explored who I am a lot more in my sexual expressions, my sexuality, I've um, learned that, you know, I might get bored and I might want to explore other options, other people, and not to say that I'm no longer going to be with that same partner. I no longer, I love them any less, but it's more of the exploration side of things. It's more of, like you said, you can love multiple people. Um, So for me, as long as within our relationship, we are communicating with each other about who we're uh, spending our time with, or even uh, not necessarily asking for permission, but saying, hey, this is somebody I was talking to on this app, and I'm thinking about um, going out on a date. Um, We're probably going to be out this weekend. Did you have plans? Because I don't want to interrupt anything that you might have planned for us kind of conversation. Um, how do you feel about 
monogamy in a way like because uh, you know it is possible for monogamy to happen but um for yourself how, how do you feel personally about monogamy yeah so i feel like i can be in both i can be in a monogamous relationship and be happy but and i also feel like i could be in a poly i'm just open to both mm-hmm. in that um capacity for me though i think for monogamy the main thing that comes in both of these relationships is being able to communicate because i can see myself even being in a monogamous relationship but maybe having shared threesomes, right? Mm-hmm. Being someone who's pan, I don't, I mean, if I'm with a guy, I'm with a guy, I'm okay with that. Um, but I'm also open to like, okay, we could bring a girl in for sexual, you know, pleasure or things of that nature if I'm in a monogamous relationship. Um, I just think it just comes down to being able to communicate. The issue is that you hear a lot of times people who are strictly monogamous will be like, oh, you know, Polly, y'all just want your cake and eat it too. And you're just a whole bunch of like freaks or whatever. They'll like downplay whatever Polly is. But then they've cheated in every relationship that they've been in. Right. Mm. And it's like, all right. So then what is your issue? Because you want to be monogamous so bad, yet you continue to sleep with other people in these and, but you don't want to be poly and you talk so bad about being poly. Like in poly relationships, you could have that, right? You can mm-hmm. sleep with multiple people. The, it sounds like then the issue is there's an issue of communication. You're not very good at communicating. Is that why you don't want to be poly or is it about control, right? Ooh, um, not the control question now. Don't be shaking the <laughs> tables. But you're right. There's there's a sense of control that really does come within a lot of monogamous monogamous relationships that I've noticed. It's like, oh, my partner cannot do this, yet you're doing the same thing. Like there's when are we gonna have that conversation that you know what? <laughs> if you're gonna do that, I respect that you're going to do that, but I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life, just as much as you're doing it. Uh having that equal freedom to express yourself how you want to without having to be confined to certain rules. Um now, of course, you do have to have boundaries and respect each other's boundaries, but even with that, uh are, are we going to, are these like solid boundaries that we're going to have in place? And how comfortable are you with those boundaries? And are we going to have, what is it called? Loose boundaries? Yeah. Like, are, is that going to be what our um, relationship is made of? Um, is that a healthy form of boundary setting? Um, but for real, is that a healthy form of um, boundary setting to have loose boundaries? I, it depends on how loose those boundaries are, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can have some loose boundaries, but still have general, like, larger boundaries there. But if it's just, like, we're not communicating and it's just this loose boundary and we're not communicating about any of that, we're not going back and re, um, like, talking about this boundary again, and this is just, like, a boundary as an unspoken rule type of boundary... Mm-hmm then that's not healthy because it leaves so much ambiguity between whatever is happening that it's hard to kind of know like what can and can't I do until you do something that's wrong and the other person gets upset about it. Mm, true that, true that. Um, this is going, this is not even something that we were originally going to be talking about in this episode, but you did bring it up uh, and that's like bringing, introducing partners into the uh, relationship. Uh, so threesomes. Uh, how do, what do how do you define a threesome? Because, you know, people have all different kinds of definitions for it, but I just want to know what your personal definition is. So threesome would be, in my opinion, bringing just another person in the room or actively physical act of the sex that you're doing. So if I am 
having sex with this person and another person comes in and they also are engaging in that activity, then that could be a threesome. But I've also heard about like cuckolding, which I could still see that as kind of a threesome too, if like I'm watching you guys having sex with each other. Mm-hmm. Some people could consider that as a threesome as well. But for me, it's like, for me personally, is actually being part of that actual activity. Mm. See, uh, I, I didn't even think about cuckolding at all. Uh, hmm, that's, that's interesting. That's a very interesting perspe- uh, perspective to think on. But uh, I'm, I also agree with you. If it's like just three people all engaging within uh, the sexual act together and enjoying each other's company, each other's sexual pleasure, I consider that a threesome. I don't care if it's um, three men. I don't care if it's three women, um, two guys and a girl well two guys and a woman um two women and a man i don't care i still see that as being a threesome because it's three people enjoying the act of sex and i really um wish that a lot of a lot more people would be open to diversifying their definition of threesomes uh because like I don't understand why there's like when I think of like heteronormative things and most definitely um, some of the men that I know uh, how they're just like oh no it has to be another woman in this situation and not another man and I'm just like just because there's another man in this situation doesn't mean that y'all have to do gay things (laughs) like yeah you don't have to do anything with the guy I mean depending on the situation right like unless you want to do um do some gay things do the gay things ain't nobody go do the body i think there's this huge fear of being like gay which is mm-hmm. like why but also like we we are bodies that have pleasure zones and some of those pleasure zones are in places like like some of like the prostate the um g-spot is in the male prostate right so it's like that doesn't make you gay if you're stimulated in that place regardless like we are here to have fun and to explore each other's bodies and that that doesn't make you now that doesn't mean now you're attracted to men like i think the heteronormative view is so like closed off and like strict a lot of the times where it's like people are like i don't want to be perceived as this Mm. and it's like no one's perceiving you as anything this is your own internal stuff that you're dealing with that has nothing to do with anyone's perception of you mm-hmm. and even even if the if it, it got out or whatever and people are feeling some type of way about it you know you're you do not have to change your life just because somebody else does, does not approve what you choose to do with your life it is your life like are they paying your bills are they doing anything of substance for your life other than commentary? Now, if they are paying your bills, accept that money, but still live the life that you want to fucking live. Right. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for the check. Like, <laughs> Are you going to stop paying now? Oh, okay. Then that means I need to find another source. Okay. And, and exactly. Do do. Like it's, it's, I will say, that's just another sense of control honestly yeah oh yeah i mean i've been in situations where i was added to like a couple um it was a threesome situation but it was a couple but i refused because it was like sitting there and talking to like the female and actually exploring like why they wanted the threesome and always would well not always but in that situation it would end up being 
oh, well, you know, he's sleeping with other girls anyway, so I figured I'd add another girl. And I'm like, that's not going to help your relationship. Like, mm-hmm. he's a cheater is going to cheat. Like, that's not you bringing in another girl while he's cheating. This is just you watching him cheat. Like, it's not stopping him from cheating. And also, he's going to probably still sleep with another person without me here. Like, there's that's not going to stop anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that same guy, when I spoke to him, he was like, well, you know, I'm a man and I don't get emotionally attached to sex, so it's different. But if she cheated, oh man, no, we would be over. What? Right. And it's like, but you hear this narrative over and over again. And it's just like, there's another sense of control. You want to be able to control what she can do and use it as, oh, well, you know, because females are emotional, but so are men. What are we talking about? People are emotional. Also, females can have sex and not be emotionally attached, just like you have sex and not be emotionally attached. Like, sex. <laughs> It's wild. It's the control, y'all. It's the control. I, I, I don't got the time for it. Like, I, I really, I try to wrap my head around a lot of heteronormative things, but every time I think deeply on it, I'm just like, this is just not making any sense. I give up. I, I just can't do it. I can't. Like, even that situation, like, you tell me that you're, you feel as though that I cannot cheat or i cannot sleep around but you have the authority to do so i'm just gonna be like oh you're funny <laughs> like <laughs> you're just gonna be an angry ass motherfucker because right uh, like okay well it sounds like we're not a good match for each other and that's fine you'll find someone who's willing to deal with that um i'm not i'm not a sub so like you need to find someone else who's okay with that i'm not so. right <laughs> <laughs> So what have you learned about yourself uh, in terms of exploring your kinks? Like, um, has there been any revelations, anything that you realize about yourself? Because even like earlier when you're talking about um, you being a brat and how that's associated, uh, well, that can be stimulated from how you were raised, being spoiled and whatnot. Has there been any other type of revelations that you've uh, found within yourself uh, from exploring your kinky side? Yeah, um, hmm. So I didn't, I wasn't even open until like even being poly until maybe around like 2020, so about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was when I met the first guy I knew who was poly and we were like kind of dating. So I was like, oh, wow, like this is because I had this very strict view about poly too. Like, oh, yeah, I just want to like I had the same kind of ignorant thought, not maybe to the same extent, but like, well, I don't see the point. Like, why would I want to just sleep around with a whole bunch of people? I just want to be with this one person. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely something. And then also on my test on here, there's a thing that says rope bunny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so I definitely started exploring that a little bit more. Yes, get tied um, up. Yes, bitch, you better get tied <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> so, and um, and it was kind of funny. I don't know exactly where that came from, but I do remember when I was younger, I liked to be like tied up like as a kid and try to figure out how to get out. Like it was just like a, a thing. Um, but yeah, recently with the people that I've dated, like we've been exploring that, like being tied up, being handcuffed, like me basically kind of being trapped and then like try like and still enjoying it. And um yeah, I think that's really amazing. It's like you will take away a part of like your senses to like enhance the other sense. Mm. So are you blindfolded um uh, during those processes? I have been. 
Um, Ooh, yes, yes, I love it. I love it. I I, I really do need to uh, hurry up and purchase me a blindfold because I, there's some sensory play that I want to um, try out with my regular uh, one of these days. Um, have you tried any sensory play? feathers and like what's it called? It's like it's like not sparks. Like what is it? It's like it's like. Uh... I don't know how to explain it. But anyway, I've had feathers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you? it's like electricity, maybe? Like, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, ele um I think it's <laughs> just electricity. Is it electricity? oh, okay. Is it? I don't know. What I did see, um, there's one. It's not necessarily the wand, but it's kind of shaped like a wand, and it it um gives uh electric sh um jolts. To people Yeah. uh, i kind of want to get one um uh, for torture play but i i just want to see what that's like too um uh, because they have different um uh, levels that you can choose from so you have the light um uh, light uh electrical nose as you go down somebody's body and you can ramp it up until it's like a little pops little u
And so I've actually talked to a couple of people who are in BDSM. Not all. This is not an all thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually talked to quite a few people who are in that scene. And they they use that as their way of just kind of exploring something and being able to have that own control about the situation that happened to them. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I'm looking to explore and research uh, further is just going deeper into that linkage. Most definitely for those people who are finding the healing um, through having that control, too. Um, and like just even understanding uh, what makes people fetishize certain things. And it's not necessarily... Um, in terms of like diagnoses, but just to understand, just to have a conversation of, okay, why is this your fetish? Because I'm very intrigued about like, there's a a large number of people who have uh, feet fetishes. And I'm just like, why? Let's talk about that. What brought you to that point where you enjoy either the smell of feet, kissing feet, looking at feet? What is it about it that arouses you? And let's have that convo. What is it? Uh, even though we're not having, we're not talking about fetishes uh, necessarily. Do you have any fetishes? <laughs> I can't think of any really odd fetishes that I may have that are like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, actually, I don't. I will say that feet is the number one fetish out, like throughout the U.S. Feet is the number one fetish. Like I. I really want to know why. <laughs> like of all the things. Yeah, I don't really know where a lot of fetishes are. That's definitely something that I would love to explore as well. Mm. Do you have fetishes? Do you have a specific fetish? Um, I will say um, for some weird reason, um, baby powder turns me on. Like the smell of um, baby powder really does turn me on for some weird reason. Uh, and then uh, also the smell of corn chips uh, is uh, arousal, ar- arousing. Um, and I do enjoy metal. I like metal a lot. Um, not necessarily like piercings, but like body chains, um, knives kind of turn me on. Not, uh, I don't think I want to try knife play, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe with the butter knife. Piercings do turn me on. Like, yeah, definitely piercings. Definitely. Really? What about tattoos? Yeah, I like sleeves. Like, if you have a sleeve, like, if you were, like, fully tattooed, that's cool. One or two, it's not. It doesn't really do much for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come with the whole sleeve, y'all. Come with the whole right. sleeve. <laughs> is, um, the split tongues. Ooh, That's a weird seeing, thing that I like. I've been seeing a lot more people with split tongues, and it's very interesting. And uh, I, it doesn't creep me out, but it's very interesting to see because I'm just like, how do, how does that feel? Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I just want to know how does it feel to have a split tongue, and I also want to know how that feels on the body too. So, if you have a split tongue and you're trying to like hook up. Hit the DMs. I'm joking. Do not slide in my DMs because I'm going. I'm not even going to know what the fuck you're talking about. It's like, oh, you said it in your episode. Um, don't quote me on that. <laughs> I would like to know how it feels too, because it's really like either it could be really, really good or like really trash. Because of like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, how do you control? Because you control both sides of the tongue, but how does it work? I don't know. Like, because I'm going to want to have 
a lot of conversations before we even actually hook up and do it because I want to know the mechanics of your fucking tongue at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you? I don't know. How do you do anything? How do you eat? Like, I had a tongue piercing once, mm-hmm. and I was out for a whole week of like eating hard food because my piercing, like, my tongue had swelled. And so I'm like, what is the healing process of having a whole split tongue? Ooh. How do you? And even then, like, even with my tongue piercing, sometimes, like, I would bite on my piercing and it would make a, you know, it would hurt or whatever. So I'm like, how do you, like, rearrange your mouth to, like, control that? Hmm. Child, well, at least I know the episode, uh, the name of this episode, <laughs> Lick Me With That Split Tongue. <laughs> 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 like, I want to know. <laughs> So, um, yes, never have I ever been with someone with a split tongue, and we need to change that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and get into that. Um, are you ready? Yeah. So, actually, I, I just remembered for our episodes, I said we we're going to be doing strictly sex questions. So, let me get that one out. Here we go. What, if anything, stops you from asking a lover to do something you want? Uh, if I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem asking questions, but if I had to pick something that would make me feel, would we be like, maybe they might be uncomfortable with giving me whatever I want. So if we're talking about sex. Mm-hmm. This was a conversation we talked about earlier. It's like, maybe that might be a little bit too much for them and it'll make them uncomfortable and then it'll be awkward between us. But I usually don't have a problem asking. People usually give me what I want, so. Ooh. Okay, Brad. <laughs> that's the Brad, y'all. <laughs> I support. I know for myself, it is not necessarily the fear of the rejection, but like um, them not being comfortable after I ask it. Um, and that's the thing that keeps me from wanting to ask for more. Because like um, last time I met up with my my regular, uh, I was like, I want to just text uh, text them and just let them know where my mind was at already. But I was like, eh, let's go ahead and wait till they actually come here and whatnot. And then it was like a, a, a pause. We were just watching TV and I'm just like, oh, I still kind of want to ask them now. But after a while, I was like, you know what? Either they're going to be uh, for it or they're not going to be for it. It is what it is. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to be slutted out tonight. Like, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just want to be a whole ass whore right now. And it was like, bet. (laughs) And I was like, I'm glad we're on the same page. (laughs) It was a good night. It was a very good night. Well, so as as a regular for you, isn't that someone that, like, isn't that the agreement that y'all are slutting each other out or... I'm just curious. Not necessarily, because uh, each time we meet up, it's a completely different experience, which I do like a lot. And uh, it's it's more of a new thing, too. Uh, and because we're still exploring each other and still learning more about each other, uh, I don't want to be too forward with a lot. Um, but I also... Uh, realize that they're also a lot more open too so it's just trying to figure out what fits our schedule for one uh, in terms of um, if we can be there like have sex for like hours or whatnot or if it's going to have to be something quick so it's just trying to maneuver all that things because that do play uh, play a role in how we do hook up with each other Um, so yeah Mm mm-hmm 
Uh, another question. Um, do you like being on the top or the bottom? Why? Uh, you know, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I like being on the bottom. The top, I don't know. Like to me, I'm just my asthma, you know, it's just a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> my knees don't be kneeing like they need to be. <laughs> no mega knees. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to get better at like being on top and like staying up there mm-hmm. you know like I could ride a face before I could ride a dick and so I'm, but I'm trying to do better at that um, but yeah I'd rather be at the bottom <laughs> you know I'm with you on that um most definitely ride the face before riding the dick I, I just can't do it I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I just can't you know like you said the knees ain't kneeing the way they need to knee um it is it is what it is but um like even if it is like if I were to be topping in a situation I will prefer to be like the base in this situation and have them ride me uh be it with a man or a woman I'd rather um they'll ride me instead of uh, me um I guess it's a little bit lazy but it is what it is um and but i'm like if it is like a bottom situation uh i'm a lot more aggressive in that uh, role too so even if you might be on top i still have all the power in this situation so it is like you think you're doing something but i'm going to show you what you can be doing mm-hmm. um kind of thing um yeah would you like another all right, let's see what we have here. Have you ever tried spicing things up with aphrodisiac uh, foods? Isn't a tomato an aphrodisiac? You know, I have no idea. That's interesting because if it is, that might be the reason why I be horny all the time because I love making <laughs> tomato. <laughs> I, thought, I don't know why I thought tomato was. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let it be let it be i cannot spell aphrodisiac for shit uh and it's all this damn car and i misspelled it how the hell um d-e-s-i there we go so this says tomato natural aphrodisiac tomatoes are sometimes referred to the apple of love Ooh, perhaps because of the texture of the fruit Okay. Or the fact that the acids they contain stimulate blood flow to the lips and mouth. Additionally, some research has shown that tomatoes can enhance sexual performance as well as improve muscle control. Hmm. Well, okay then. I guess that answers the question. <laughs> um, I've never, I haven't you I don't use food um, in sex so much. I, you know, like I've done whipped cream here and there, but I've definitely done like you know, eating like a charcuterie board of like aphrodisiacs and then like mm. being intimate. Oh, I fucks with that. I need to step my game up. She said a cartu- um, charcuterie board. There we go. That's <laughs> how you pronounce that fucking word. Uh, <laughs> charcuterie <laughs> board. <laughs> yes. Now, why you say? Now I said. Now I'm thinking shark coochie and i don't want to be in this place (laughs) (laughs) bitches look let let somebody pull up with uh uh, some shark coochie (laughs) it smells a little fish is that weird (laughs) it's giving me fish (laughs) oh my god 
but I like that. I really do need to step my aphrodisiac game up. Uh, I have not, because um, I haven't um, toyed with food and sex before. Well, I have, like, you know, like syrups, strawberries, stuff like that. Um, I usually don't go too heavy on the food play, but um, that would be interesting to try now I think about it. Uh, I, I still, to this day, I don't see why people think of oysters as being aphrodisiac. I, I love oysters. I eat, oh, the, your face. I'm sorry. I love oysters. <laughs> her, her face said, fuck oysters. Those nasty ass bottom to sea barrel bitches. Fuck them. <laughs> Okay, I'd be a basic bitch who loves oysters. It's okay. But I, I, as many oysters I've had throughout my life, it, it never led to an erection. It never led to a better orgasm. It just, I like them because I like them. And some people's like, it's the slurping of it that's sexy. And I'm like, I've slurped oysters in my life multiple times. With me doing it, I don't feel sexy doing that. I when I see other people doing it I'm not thinking about sex I'm just like okay shut the shells and hand the thing over here so I can eat mine like what what are we doing yeah I don't know if it's like a metaphor for vagina and how but I've watched people slurp oysters and just be the well I'm disgusted by oysters but <laughs> I, <laughs> I watch people do it and I'm like Oh, please don't slurp my vagina like that. I don't, I don't, know, I don't really know. <laughs> it doesn't do anything, but you know, everyone likes different things. It's like maybe some people may like their vagina slurp like oyster, and that might be a thing. I don't know. Not for me. Ooh, <laughs> we slurping, we slurping uh, vaginal oysters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Let's go ahead and close out this show. Sharita, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Do you have any lasting words for everybody? No. um, Well, I said no, but (laughs) obviously I have a couple. Just, you know, be careful. Explore your kinks. Have fun out there and just make sure to, like, communicate with your partner, whoever you're with on what you like and be open about it. If their no is someone else's yes. There's so many people out here. There's more than enough people to find someone to explore your kink out there for you. Yes, I love that you said there no is somebody else's yes. Oh, God. Child, you about to have me uh, out here on the streets again, but uh, the, streets, <laughs> the streets is too expensive these days. Gas is $4.99 in some states. It's $4.30 here in Augusta. It's, mm, how much is gas there? Uh, in Marietta, well, I don't live in Marietta, but I was just in Marietta. It was $4.99. Where I stay is like four sixty. It's mm, pretty high. Mm, gas too expensive. Gas too expensive. Yeah, so I can't be I mean, a house. I should just be calling my people to say they could come to my house. You know, if they want it bad enough, they'll come. So that's facts. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm, I ain't driving for nothing. Uh, on that note, thank you all so much for listening to the Holiloquy podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.